Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and so glad you joined the podcast today. Glad you hit that play button. Glad that you decided just to spend some time together, um, you know, just kind of hanging out. You know, that's what guys like to do. We like to hang out. Well, let's just hang out with Jesus. Let's just hang out with the Holy Ghost here today (laughs) as we just get into the Word. We've been on a series of conversations here on Marksman about a kingdom grant, a kingdom grant that we truly have access to an inheritance that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And as sons of God, as men of God, yes, God gives man work, but we don't live by our work. We don't live and our our work is not our source. God is our source. And God gives us assignments. God gives us work. God gives us things to do. We have responsibilities, you know, to our wives, our families, our children. We have responsibilities in the kingdom. And yet we don't do what we do according to our own strength. It's not by might. It's not by power naturally, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. In fact, I want to begin today's conversation in Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3 and 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. That, that, that's a word that describes consequence or effect. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So there's there's a lot of consequence here that results from what Christ did on the cross. Yes, our sins were forgiven. Yes, our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. Can somebody say praise God? But there's also consequence revealed in this verse that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. See, when God first revealed himself to Abram, he says, I'm going to bless you, and in you all nations of the earth will be blessed. In other words, Israel was the first nation that experienced the blessing, and of course Israel is the loins of Abraham. It's the family of Abraham naturally. You know, when God gave him the vision, he said, Abram, look up, count the stars if you can. If you can count the stars, you can count your offspring. And then he said, look at the sand on the shore. If you can count the sand, you can count your offspring. So you have that which is natural, the sand of the earth, that which is celestial or supernatural or spiritual, the stars of heaven. So Abraham was going to have both natural offspring and spiritual offspring, Israel, of course, is the natural offspring. That's the sand on the shore, innumerable number of children of Abraham naturally. But then spiritually, because Christ is in the loins of Abraham, he's the seed of Abraham. He's the promised son. He's the promised heir. And in him and through our faith in him, we are now all sons of Abraham. We are sons of the faith of Abraham. And we're like those stars of heaven. And so out of 
both Jew and Gentile, God has made one new man. I want to say that again, out of both Jew and Gentile, whether it's the covenant people of Israel or those who have experienced covenant uh, with God through Christ, we have all been made through faith in Christ, one new man. And the promise was that we would all be under a blessing. So again, when we work, when we do what God gives us to do, when we work with our hands, we work with our mind, we, whatever our vocation is, our calling is, our our work in the earth is in not only just paying bills, but actually building something God once built. Whenever we're doing that work, whatever that work is, we're not to do it just with natural ability. We are to do it with the blessing. We're to do it with the anointing. I think about the man that God anointed when God gave Moses instructions to build the tabernacle. There was a man that God anointed, and he caused him to be able to work skillfully with stones, with wood, with fabric, with dyes, with with incense, with all manner of things that were going to be required to build this tabernacle. He anointed a man in skill. And so if you're a carpenter, if you're a a salesman, if you're a if you're a doctor, if you're a you know whatever your line of work is, realize there's an anointing to do it for the glory of God. There's an anointing to do it in such a manner that God is glorified. And it's another way of talking about that anointing is talking about the blessing. So let's look with our time here today even more into this understanding of the blessing that is upon our life, the blessing of Abraham that came upon us in Christ Jesus, the promise of the Spirit through faith. So let's go back, if we can, please. I want us to see Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I want to read through uh, kind of a portion here. It's going to be kind of a lengthy read, but I, I it's, it's going to come to a glorious, glorious conclusion because, again, what we need to realize is that we're not working in our own strength. No matter what our line of work is, no matter what we, the Bible says that everything we put our hand to can prosper. That's part of the blessing. And why was it that all through the Old Testament, you see people contending for the blessing? You see Jacob even <laughs> conniving and scheming to steal the blessing from his brother Esau. What was it about the blessing that they knew this was the thing? This was the thing they wanted to inherit. It wasn't just inheriting money. They wanted to inherit the blessing, the blessing. So I want you men, let's just join in faith right now, even as we read this passage. Father, we thank you that you just open our eyes to understand the power of the blessing that we have received in Christ Jesus, that which has come upon us in Christ Jesus, that which you have released upon our lives in Christ Jesus. Open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, so that we may walk in the light of the blessing. So if you're listening here today, I want you to just say it out loud if you can, the blessing. So here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 
Let's just pick it up in verse 1. Here's what Moses writes. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply. That's increase. That's the blessing. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which he swore to your fathers. In other words, that you may possess the promise. I mean, we have promises that we need to be possessing. It's not just the promise that is the guarantee. We then, through faith, say, that's my promise. I'm going to experience that. I'm going to live in that. I'm going to possess that promise. So we may live and multiply and go in and possess every promise. Let's let's believe for that, men, that our family is going to possess every promise in the Word of God. My wife, my marriage, my family, my sons and daughters, my grandchildren are going to possess the promises that God has swore. And he says, verse 2, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, and you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Does that verse sound familiar? That's that's the very word. That's the first thing Jesus used when he was in his wilderness of temptation. When the, the enemy came and the tempter came and said, turn these stones into bread. And he, Jesus quoted this verse. He said, it is written. Where is it written? Deuteronomy 8. It's written. In Deuteronomy 8.3, he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but that which proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So he quoted the word I'm reading to you right now, and he overcame the temptation in the wilderness. In verse 4, Your garments did not wear out, nor did your foot even swell for 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord God even chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and learn to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of the brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow from the valleys, even from the hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. You will eat bread without scarcity in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are like iron out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and you are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. God is a good God. And men, we need to make sure that we contend for this goodness, not to achieve it, but to believe it. The Bible says labor to enter into the rest. There is a rest promised for us. You can read about it in Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4. There is a land of promise. There is a land of rest. There is a land. It's a blessed life. It's life under the blessing. It's, it doesn't mean there's not trouble. It doesn't mean there's not difficulty. It doesn't mean there's not giants. It doesn't mean there's not persecution. But there is a blessed and an empowered life. 
and that's maybe a word you could just grab hold of. The blessing is an empowerment, and you're going to see it literally in the Scripture just a few verses down. The blessing is an empowerment to live life. It's an empowerment to face persecution and overcome. It's an empowerment to face temptation and to resist and overcome. It's an empowerment to do work and succeed and prosper. It's an empowerment to love our wives and love and lead our children. It's an empowerment to lead ourselves, to to guard our minds, to keep our minds clean and pure and holy and surrendered and submitted to the word and the love. It's an empowerment of the Holy Ghost. See, that's why when Galatians 3 says you're going to receive the blessing, you're going to receive the promise of the Spirit because the blessing is an empowerment and there is no empowerment without the Spirit. We, when we are born again, receive the Spirit. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we're immersed in the Spirit. So we have an empowerment to live life. We have an empowerment to do what God's called us to do. We have an empowerment to resist temptation and overcome adversity and push through persecution. We have an empowerment. Glory be to God. But verse 11, let's go on. Deuteronomy 8:11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. Now, if he's going to warn us not to forget, then there is a potential to forget. God's not making a vain warning. It's not a vain uh, <laughs> beware. If the, if the sign says beware, then we better beware. If you're you know you walk by a sign that says beware of dog, you know, well that's because there's a dog in there. There there is a threat. There is something to beware of. There's something to be aware of. And when the Bible says beware, when God's word says beware, that means there's potential there. And if we need to beware not to forget, then we need to realize our flesh, my flesh, your flesh has the potential to forget. What is it when we take Holy Communion? Jesus said, Paul said, by unction of the Holy Ghost, this do in remembrance of me. This is to remember. Communion is a remembering it's, it's bringing our mind and our thoughts back to where this all began, where this all was redeemed. Remember. So he says, Beware lest you do not forget the Lord your God by keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you this day, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful... Oh, we're going to get into the key here. <laughs> Why is it that we forget? We get comfortable. Yeah. Why is it sometimes we forget? We enter into some of that abundance. We enter into a life of more comfort where it's not a struggle, where it's not so difficult all the time. He says, I I warn you, lest when you have eaten and are full and you have beautiful homes, you dwell in them and your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. And see, that's the result of the blessing. The blessing is what produces that multiplication. The blessing is what produces that increase. So the blessing is not evil. The blessing is not wrong. But here God is admonishing us and warning us when the blessing begins to produce the increase, the multiplication, 
your flocks, your herds, your silver, your gold. He says, everything that you have begins to be multiplied, verse 13. Then he says, verse 14, when your heart then is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, we would say, the Lord who brought us out of sin, who brought us out of the chains and shackles of sin. He said, beware lest you forget when you have been brought out of the land of sin, when you've been brought out of the land of bondage or addiction, and your gold and silver's multiplied, your herds and flocks are multiplied, beware lest your heart be lifted up and you forget God who led you through the great and terrible wilderness where there were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, and he brought you out, even water from a flinty rock, Verse 16, he fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you um, to do you good in the end. See, when God puts us through times of testing, it's not to crush us. It's so that in the end, he might be able to do us good. Then he says, verse 17, this is the warning. Do not say in your heart that my power is. And the might of my own hand has gained me this wealth. You know, there's a phrase in the world, sometimes you hear it, he's a self-made man. He's a self-made man. That's that's a misnomer. (laughs) There's no self-made man. Man was created. Man was formed and fashioned from the dirt. Man has breath in his life because God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. There is there is not one day we wake up separated from the mercy of God. We would have no breath in our lungs if it wasn't for the goodness and the faithfulness and the presence of God in our lives. Even if a person's not born again, their breath is a gift. Even if a person just rebels against God, hates God, doesn't believe in God, curses God, still God gives him breath. Now, that breath won't last forever. It's appointed unto man once to die. So it's wise if a man realizes, I have breath because of the graciousness and faithfulness and kindness and mercy of God. And they surrender to the love of God. and They receive Christ as Savior. But even if they do not, God is still gracious to them. The Bible says, He causes the rain to come upon the just and the unjust. The sun shines upon the just and the unjust. God gives breath and life to the just and the unjust. But oh, the the wisdom <laughs> of discovering that and surrendering to that and submitting to that truth and remembering that I didn't make myself. I'm, you know, we are the sheep of His pasture. Man, God created us. God formed us. God fashioned us. There's no such thing as a self made man. That person who does have wealth, that does have success or influence or whatever you would measure in a natural way, they have breath because God is merciful. They have breath because God is good. And they would be wise to surrender to that, to acknowledge that and praise the God of heaven, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ who has cleansed us with his blood and forgiven us all our sins. So hear the admonishment. If 
we're going to if we're going to experience a kingdom grant, if we're going to walk in kingdom abundance and kingdom provision, then here we're receiving from scripture and a, a warning today that as we enter into these things, make sure that we do not forget. Make sure that we do not remember that it was God that gave us this ability, this blessing, this Holy Spirit, this life, this wisdom, this understanding, this knowledge, these gifts, these graces that we have. You know, there's some people, they can just do things and it just comes easy. That's not natural. That's supernatural. There are certain people that have gifts and graces and talents. That's what the world calls it, talents. Bible even uses that term, I guess, talents. There's, you know, of course, it was referring to something different, <laughs> but it says talents. But, you know, the point is God gives grace. God gives ability. God gives what the world calls talent. And that doesn't mean that people always use it for the glory of God. Sometimes they use it for themselves, for their own insecurities, to to, to build a life for themselves, just to consume everything they can and, and have upon themselves. But God is still the giver of that gift. And they will answer, just like all of us will answer, for what did we do with the breath he gave us? You know, I've been personally meditating here on my own life just i've been reading hebrews 10 over and over and over and over hebrews 10 but it just talks about there where it speaks of jesus where it says a body you gave him a body you gave him and i'm just thankful for the body god gave me you know this body is an amazing miracle it's an amazing miracle. Just our physical bodies. If you've ever held a baby in your hand, and of course, if you're a dad out there, you've done it. You've, you've held that child in your hand, that, that little boy, that little girl, that fresh life that came. And the miracle of that birth, the miracle of our physical bodies. Our bodies are just a living, breathing miracle. <laughs> Man. Ooh, a body you prepared me, a body you gave me. Our bodies are a gift from God. And yet we can abuse our bodies, we can neglect our bodies, we can ignore our bodies, we can do all we can do anything we want to with our bodies. We can God God gives man free choice, free will. But this body is a gift and we can work with this body. We can, we can go to work. We can do things. We have skills. We have abilities. We have talents. And God is the giver of all this abundance. Now, verse 18, let's move towards a, a close here today as we are talking about the blessing and about remembering that it is God that gives us the ability to do anything that we do. So we should want to do it as unto him, to bring glory unto him. He says in verse 18, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. I want to read that verse. Deuteronomy 8.18. Remember, men, let's remember. If you've been marked by Christ, remember. If you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, remember. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, remember. It is the Lord your God. He gives you power 
to get wealth. That. There's that word that again. Remember, consequence, effect, that. What's the wealth for? The power to get wealth, the power to go to work, the power to produce, the power to build companies, the power to employ people, the power to create, to invent, to give ideas life, take them off the blueprints and to build. God gives us power. Why? Why do we do these things? What's this ability for? Why did God give us a body and then give us work? Why did he give us life and breath? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. Then it shall be, if by any means you forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I mean, in other words, you just go off into the world and just do what the world does and serve what the world serves. I testify against you this day that you will surely perish. See, this isn't something to play with. And I know today this is maybe a little more sobering. But, you know, these sober words also encourage us. These, these sober words produce a safety in our heart. It's like a safety net, you know, under our life. Because I want this reminder. I want this encouragement. I want my heart to be sobered. I don't want to be, you know, drunk on ambition. I don't want to be just drunk on pleasures. I don't want to be just drunk on, uh, you know, drive and, and, and ambition and success. And pro- I want to be sober about why is it I have breath? Why is it God blessed me? Why is it that I have a a mind that thinks right? Why is it that I have eyes that see, hands that work? Why is there breath in my lung? Why is a heart beating without me making it beat? Why is blood in my veins? Why do I have feet that can take me wherever I choose to go? Why is it that I have life? That... I may glorify God that I may establish his covenant in the earth. But if I ignore this, God also says, I testify against you. You will surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroyed before you. So also you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord, your God. So again, let's go back to Galatians chapter three. We left off there, and we'll wrap up here today in today's conversation. I hope this has stirred your heart today. I know it's been a little bit sobering to talk about, but hopefully also pretty encouraging. I know I'm encouraged. I'm stirred up, you know, um, just realizing that God has given me breath. God has given me life, and the greatest thing I can do is know why I have it. Why am I blessed? You know, the fact that I have found Jesus I realize I didn't even find him on my own. <laughs> you, know, you know, we sing that song sometimes. Maybe if you come to Jesus in a church service, you know, you walk down the aisle and they say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. You know, we sing those songs. I have decided to, well, even my choice God authored. I mean, yeah, it was my choice. I had to surrender. I had to respond. But I wouldn't have even had the unction to do it had the Father by His Spirit not wooed me and drawn me and pursued me and brought convic- conviction to me. 
had my heart not been convicted by the Holy Ghost, had God not been intimate with me and pursued me, I would have had nothing to respond to. All I would have, you know, if God just would have just left me alone, I'd have been lost. So the fact that I'm found is proof that God didn't leave me alone. And if you're listening to this podcast today, if your life has been marked by Christ and you have any desire to aim your life at Christ's likeness, that desire is even a gift. That desire was authored by him. It isn't something you or I came up with. It isn't something you or I authored. We are not self-made men. And we're not self-made Christians. Here in Galatians chapter 3, he starts out, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has clearly been portrayed and, and communicated as crucified? He said, I want to learn this. Paul says, I want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish that having begun in the Spirit, you're now going to be made perfect or mature in the flesh? So this was all authored by the Spirit. The fact that I repented was because the Holy Spirit dealt with me. The fact that I was saved and born again and and came alive in Christ, it was because the Holy Spirit did a work in me. And if I'm going to grow and mature in anything, it's because the Holy Spirit continues to work in my life. And so this blessing, this empowerment of the Spirit, like it says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, he says, Galatians 3, 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, he took our place because cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And he did it that, the blessing, the covenant blessing, the covenant blessing of God's goodness. The Hebrews understand it as a word called hesed. Hesed, it's covenant goodness. It's covenant commitment. That's what Abraham had. He had a covenant relationship. God chose to basically marry Abraham. God asked Abraham to be his covenant partner, just like a man asks a woman to be his covenant wife. God asked Abraham to be his covenant partner so he could show him his goodness, so he could put his blessing on him, so he could express his goodness through his life. Glory be to God. And so it is with us. Christ has redeemed us. Christ has chosen us. The reason you chose Jesus is because he first chose you. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. Praise God. Well, I pray today's conversation has encouraged and stirred your heart. I'm so thankful to be doing life with you men. I want to hear from you. Shoot me an email at spellmanministries at gmail.com. Spellmanministries at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I'm praying for you, men, and I'm excited to be doing life with you. I'm excited to be pressing towards Christ's likeness with you. And never forget this. You are loved, and you are blessed.